Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of B Church. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Glory to God. We thank God for His grace. Amen. I want to acknowledge my wife that has given me the freedom to do what I need to do. Can we celebrate my wife? Pastor Annaline from Maryland, she's out back home managing the assignment in our church back home and all the sons and daughters around the world that may be watching, God bless you. We honor you and we celebrate you. Hallelujah. I promise I'm not going to keep you long. We're going to pray and then we're going to access the dimension of the supernatural. How many of you know that we there's a church that's powerless in this hour. And we've given the body of Christ a case of what God never intended the church to be. I know it doesn't happen in South Africa, but when I travel the nations of the earth, predominantly in the USA and in Europe, I've come to encounter a church that has no power. But yet when Jesus said to the disciples, go and wait and carry in Jerusalem, because you will receive power. Power to do exploits. So I declare even prophetically in this moment that be church, you won't just be a church that has no power. You won't be a church that hasn't have access to the supernatural dimensions of God. I prophesy and declare that this church will be a hub for supernatural activity. This place will be a hub for the glory of God. This place will be a hub for the encounters of God because you must remember in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says in the beginning, what did God create? Are you, you, okay, okay. You, you guys are South African, so that means part of you is African. You are not British. You're not from my nation. My nation, they're very dignified, but thank God that when they come into the presence of God, they work with me. So I need your amen, okay? I need your participation with me, okay? Don't worry, I'm going to teach in a minute. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the... The heavens. So when you look at progression and when you look at what is first, you will find that the heavens was always first. So that means it's primary and it means it is non-negotiable. Somebody said, tell your neighbor, non-negotiable. So the heavens is non-negotiable. This is old covenant. But when you go to John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Emphasis verse 2. It says, and the same was at the beginning. What was at the beginning? The heavens. What is the heavens? The heavens, we are not talking about the second dimension where the birds of the air reside. He is neither referring to the third heavens, which is the realm of the demonic where it lives and resides. It is actually talking about the abode of God. And when you look at the placement of Adam in the garden, he says to Adam, Adam, tend to the garden. Look after the garden. In other words, steward my presence of God. But what we've done in the body of Christ over the years are in the earth we began to see a migration in other words a traveling a movement away from the things that are pertinent to the heavens to the things that are glorious to the things that are potent to the things that are our sustainability in the body of Christ but I've come to prophesy to you that God is going to awaken your hunger and God is going to awaken your appetite for things this is why the apostle Paul said focus on things that are above so I've come to declare firstly that the heavens which is the abode of God and when you look at the abode or the place or the dwelling of God it is always indicative of the glory somebody say the glory 
You see, when we look at the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of Moses was a temporary place of worship. In other words, they were not yet in their promised land, and so what they built was temporary. The, the temple only comes now in the promised land, and the, uh, the, the technology or the advancement of the nation of Israel was dependent upon the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of the glory. So that means whenever the glory of God was in the camp of the Israel, like they advance. I prophesy that in your home, the glory of God is going to be there. I declare in your marriage, the glory of God is going to be there. I declare in your finances and in your relationship, the glory of God will be there. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me now to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. I'm laying a foundation because today I want to talk to you about the making of a generation. Somebody say the making of a generation. The making of a generation. If you've got it, say I got it. Matthew chapter 25 and we're hitting from verse 14. So the, we're going to lay, we're going to build here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. And I'm going to be a bit, it's going to seem like I'm all over the place, but at the conclusion, I'm going to build a construct in your mind that you will never forget, okay? So track with me, be patient with me as I teach and preach, okay? So I need you to participate, don't look at me like a cake for you, huh? Look at the Bible says, the Bible says, for the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man traveling to a far country. Matthew chapter 25, you're reading from verse 14. The kingdom, somebody say the kingdom. The kingdom of God is likened to a man going on a long journey. Somebody say we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. Tell the neighbor, say neighbor. We are going somewhere. We are not stagnant. Come on, tell the neighbor, we are not stagnant. I gotta go somewhere. You are going somewhere in God. So to the Jewish, because when you look at the writer, Matthew, Matthew was a Jew that predominantly wrote to the Jewish audience. So we have uh, simultaneously uh, uh, the writings of Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, we have the kingdom of God reference. And sometimes there's a misunderstanding about the kingdom of God and about the kingdom of heaven. But when you look at uh, a Hebrew scholar, and when you look at the line, of a Hebrew person, a Hebrew person would never, 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 never reference the word God. Because the word God is so mighty, it's so potent, it's so valuable, it's so honorable that they will always call him by the name of Yahweh, but they will never mention the name God because he stands alone. This is why the Bible says he's El Elyon, the Most High God. Besides him, there is no other. So this is why it is referenced the kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew. But to the Gentiles and to the Romans, it is the kingdom of God. And to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, it is synonymous one with another. It's the same thing. But when you look at the kingdom of heaven, now we see the, he the kingdom of heaven in the heavens, the kingdom in the heavens. And now we see the angelic, uh, the angelic beings advance the agenda of the kingdom. And then we see the kingdom of God begin to, or the kingdom of heaven begin to move again. And the kingdom of heaven now moves into what we call a garden. And now the garden becomes the tool to move the kingdom forward. Hello, are you with me? And now again, the kingdom of God begins to move after the fall of man. And now we begin to see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven manifest in what we call the patriarchs of old, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see the kingdom of God migrate, move, and advance, and these are the men that are responsible to advance and to move the kingdom forward. Are you with me? Are you getting the picture that the kingdom of God must always move, but there's always a vehicle in how the kingdom moves, and then from the, the patriarchs of old, we begin to see the kingdom of God manifest in what we call the tabernacle of Moses. And now the tabernacle of Moses, the construct of worship, becomes the vehicle to advance the agenda of God. And now again we begin to see the kingdom of God move again. How many of you know that God is always involved in movement? 
This is why a man is born. This is why Psalms of Solomon says that it's appointed unto man to be born and then to live and then to close his eyes and to go and meet his maker again. Hello. So that means even when you are born, you are on a journey going somewhere. Your journey will be five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old, 150 years old. So the kingdom of God is moving and now from the tabernacle of Moses we see the kingdom of God move again or the kingdom of heaven move again and now it manifests in what we call the temple or rather yeah, the temple, of, the temple of, of David and then we see the tabernacle or rather before the temple of David we see it manifest in, in, in the prophets and then we see it uh, manifest in the judges and now it comes to David and it manifests in the temple or the tabernacle of David. From the tabernacle up the of David, it moves again to the temple of Solomon, and then it moves again to, uh, uh, to, to and then it, we, we come into a place that is known as the Dark Ages, where there's no prevailing word. You must understand that whenever seasons change, seasons are not governed by clocks and calendars. Seasons are governed by revelation and truth. Listen, I've come to realize that my humility is not my weakness. My humility is a revelation that God can do it without me. You are not the exception to the rule. So people often ask me, why do you allow so much to happen? Because I've had an encounter with God to make me realize that humility tells me that I, I cannot do this on my own. I've got to rely on God. So I prophesy to you that whenever God wants to take you into a new season, He gives you revelation. He gives you understanding. Because you cannot access that door. You cannot access that realm. You cannot access that dimension if there's no revelation. This is why the Bible says, my people, cost of restraint where there's no revelation. In other words, you've got to have understanding. So the building of God, you look at Matthew chapter 16 now, he says, uh, who do men say that I am? And when you look at who answered, and then you look at the context of who answered, they answered based on culture. Some say you are a good man. Some say, oh my God. Some say you are a prophet. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are uh, 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 of the law and the prophets. Are you with me? Are you seeing how the progression of the kingdom of God must move? But when they encounter Jesus at the point and place where he asked them a question, you find that they answer him based on culture. And when I look at the body of Christ globally in my travels, I begin to see that the church is answering on the basis of what culture determines to them. So we build our ministries around what culture says. Culture says you cannot go beyond two hours. Let me, let me share something out in Pine Town last week in a ministry. And we began to labor in God, for, uh, in prayer and in worship. And we began to see the glory of God come in. And the power of God hit that place to the point where there was a man of God that was on the verge of giving up. Shutting the doors to his church, shutting the door to his marriage. And God, at the very last moment, intervenes and encounters him. And this man falls on his face and he weeps and he says, Oh my God, if it wasn't for this moment, I was walking out of these church doors, never to open my church doors again. People's lives are in the balance. We cannot play church anymore because the hour demands glory. The hour demands the power. The hour demands that God comes and meets His people. And now Jesus says to Simon Barjona, Simon Barjona, who do men say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What, how does Jesus answer him? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but who? My father way. My father in heaven. And I say respectfully and honorably, to every man and woman of God in this place. <laughs> you gotta get into the heavens. You gotta get the mind of God for what you are doing, especially for what's coming in 2024. We cannot play games and this thing is not about maintenance. It is about who do men say that I am. In other words, you got to have an encounter for yourself. And then he says, I will give you keys to the 
kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Are you with me? Are you following? So here now, the church now becomes the vehicle to advance the kingdom. You cannot advance the kingdom of God if you're not connected to a local church. Long live the local church. Come on, say it with me. Long live the local church. The local church is still relevant. The local church is still needed. The local church is still valuable. But you make up the local church. Are you with me? All right. Now that I've laid that foundation, you must understand that we are moving somewhere. Abraham, leave your father's house. Go to a place where I will show you. Pastor Phil, leave Durban, South Africa and go to London. I'm going to show you something you've never seen. God, you're not sending me to London. I don't want to go to London. I want to go to America. Because there was an opportunity given to me 23 years ago, my wife and I given. My wife was going to school, I would be the pastor, building everything. And my wife said, no. I was like, you did not hear God. You did not hear God, I heard. This is why in this hour you cannot be disconnected from what God is doing because you want to do it your way. When you look at Abraham, where Abraham comes from, Abraham comes from a family that were builders of cities. Abraham comes from opulence. Abraham comes from when you study the history, the culture, and the context of Abraham, Abraham comes from a family that was wealthy, that built cities. Now you're telling me to leave that thing and go to a place I have no clue. You're telling me to go and live in the wilderness. This is not God. But when you study the book of Hebrews, it said, Abraham, look for a city whose maker. Abraham, look for a city. Why? Because this was his making in the beginning. So he knew that God is taking me out of something and you see God works on you never just for you are you with me mm-hmm you look at me like you are unsure about me it take for your little work my little Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. I'm nearly done with the prayer. The power of God is going to be evident in this place. You will encounter Him. You will experience Him. I've been walking with God for 27 years. I know what's in the room. Okay? If you got to say, I got Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. How many of you know that God, the Bible says God is the same yesterday. He's the same and it's the same so whenever you read the Bible here's some principle whenever you read the Bible Old Testament let's extrapolate the principles because we have a teaching going around the body of Christ where the Old Testament is no longer relevant the devil is a liar we need the Old Testament because there's principles say principles there's promises say promises and there's prophetic expression. Are you with me? So if God is the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same tomorrow, how He works never changes. How He's working never changes. Somebody say, my God never changes. Watch this. Look at this. This is Jesus. Matthew 4 and verse 19. It says, and He said to them, Follow me, and I will make you. Follow me, and I will make you. You see, the making of a generation starts with a man. The making of a generation starts with an individual. Jesus, we forget that he was a man in the flesh. He was human in flesh. And as a human being, Jesus is saying, Follow me. Who are you following? <laughs> because
because there are men who are custodians to dimensions. How many of you know that David says it like this? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than anywhere else in the world. What does that mean? It has nothing to do with ushering. It has everything to do with doorkeepers to them. Why? Because the Bible says in my father's house are many mansions. That is not referring to the second coming or heaven. Hello, contextually speaking. I'm not speaking error. Go and study the context. What do I mean? Read the entire chapter and look if you understand it. So if in my father's house are many mansions, that means there are many rooms. And these rooms, men and women, because doors don't just open. Hello. Doors don't just open. Have, have you ever gone to a, 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 a company and there's a security at front desk or reception he if he doesn't know you is not going to open that door but I prophesy that even as the key of David is being released over this house the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the key of David whatever you bind or rubber what God opens no man can shut and what God shut no man can open hello I declare that God is giving this house, be church, the key of David. What is the key of David? The ability to access the heavens. What is the tabernacle of Moses? Outer court, inner court, holy place, most holy place. This is, this is the construct and the building of the tabernacle of Moses. But when you look at the tabernacle of David, it doesn't have outer court, it doesn't have inner court, it doesn't have holy place, it has one place, the most holy place, and when you look at the covering or the, the, the construct, the building of the tabernacle of Moses, you had skin covenant. But when you look at the tabernacle of David, there's no skin covenant. Prophetically speaking, this is access to the heaven. I prophesy over this house and I declare even over Pastor Vilma that God has given you the key of David that when you begin to open your mouth you will begin to usher in the glory of God that this house will be instrumental in bringing glory back to the church. Are you with me? It's increasing. Oh my God. But in order for the making of a generation, you must follow somebody. This is why the Bible says, how can God give you your own if you never stop another man's vision? And this man has been proven to be faithful. This man has served the general in Leaven of what Pastor Never Northern. How many of you know that he's been faithful, he's been committed, he served his time and he served well. And he done things honorable. Only then will God entrust you with your own. You must follow. Somebody say you must follow. You must follow. You see, because when you look at the making of Jesus now, he says, remember I said, God is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same tomorrow. So the workings of how God worked in Jesus is still relevant today. So the making of Jesus, the first thing he encountered when you look at Matthew chapter 4, when you study it, the first temptation in the wilderness, turn these stones into bread. Now, born in Durban, grew up in Mpumalanga, Secunda, went back to Durban to study upon graduating, moving to the UK. Been in the UK for over 20 years now. And there was a moment, Pastor Marcus, where I now became a British citizen. I still support the books. Don't worry, we're gonna win the World Cup on Sunday. Muni Warini. Rasi at the plan. Rasi at the plan. Muni. Don't stress. We're gonna win this World Cup. That's not a prophetic word, please. <laughs> That's just my ambition. But watch this, watch this. I now had to go through the process of naturalization. Naturalization means now that I have to let go of my value system 
from South Africa. Now I have to subscribe and give myself to the value system of Great Britain. I'm, I'm in Kosisigilele all the way. I'm not God save the king. I'm South African to the core. All right? But watch this. Watch this. So there's a divine exchange that takes place in that moment. Then the officiating officer now welcomes us in to the status of being British. When you go into a wilderness, how many of you know that there's scarcity in the wilderness? There's not much food. That's me costly. That's me buy a hooter in the wilderness, in the first state. There's not much happening. But God had to take him this way to strip Jesus of himself. Because now what the process of naturalization does, it now makes you dependent on something that's not your origin. So now Jesus has to now depend on another government than the government of Rome. Are you with me? So the government of Rome couldn't define his appetite. This is why it's important that the making of who you are go all the way. You gotta suffer well. No matter how painful it is, no matter who rejected you, no matter who has abandoned you, no matter who's with you and who's not with you, you've got to go through this process because this process is a promotion, but you gotta pass the test. Somebody say, I gotta pass the test. I gotta pass. Listen, I'm not the exception to the rule, neither are you. This is the workings of God. Because we see it in the life of Jesus, the most iconic man to have ever walked the face of the earth, Jesus. Are you with me? Are you following? The second thing that now Jesus has to overcome, oh my God, is if you say who you really are, his identity. And how many of you know that when God begins to make you, he deals with you? And when God begins to deal with you, it's painful. It's anger. It's God, I, I, I don't want this. I never signed up for this. Oh my God, God, I can't anymore. Because you look at yourself and you realize, I, I can't do this. This is too hard for me. Something I've learned from psychiatry because I began to ask questions why do men or women suffer with addiction? And they said there are three primary areas that every human being needs to survive. Number one, a sense of identity. I think, oh my God. This is why Jesus said, I call you my own. You are, you are coming into me. You are coming into my family. There's a divine exchange. You take my he has actually given you identity but that identity has to be forged in you because you came from glory but in passing the realms into the earth we forgot this is why when the glory of God shows up in a place men don't want to leave it's no matter how or no matter how long the time is because God is in the place we don't want to leave why? you come from God you come from that realm. We have forgotten somewhere along the line. So the making of a generation starts with the making of man and it starts with you and it starts with me. And it's difficult because I have to look at myself. This is why the Bible says the world is like a mirror. And when you look at the world, you see your flaws. You see your mistakes. You see your insufficiency. And this is why it says, ah, you have all sufficiency in the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? The third thing now that Jesus has to deal with is worship. What is worship? Well, how many of you know that worship is sacred? Oh my God. Worship is sacred. What is the word sacred? The word sacred means your devotion. You see, Pastor Vilma 
and Prakatasha because they've been married for so long they start to look like each other even though my wife is Caucasian she looks like me I look like her why? because I'm devoted to her Riyadh looks like Chevelle, Chevelle looks like Riyadh because they are devoted one to another. So your likeness takes, or rather, you take on the likeness of what you are devoted to. Hmm. So whatever you worship, this is why the Bible says, <laughs> wherever, your wherever your treasure lies, there we will find your heart. So your heart is devoted to something. What is it devoted to? So this is the making of God in your life. Yes, watch what you worship. Do you worship your job? Do you worship your relationships? What do you worship? What are you devoted to because you look like it? You see, this is why he says you'll have no other gods besides me. Some of us are devoted to the gym. I have to watch myself, don't watch the belly. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We are chiseling. We are chiseling. We are chiseling the stone. We are getting there. Don't worry. At least have a bicep. But the gym cannot be my devotion. My devotion has to be yours is the kingdom. Yours is the name above all names you have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you reign you have no rival you have no equal now and forever this has got to be your posture for your making because if, if, if I don't allow God to make me, the generations that come behind me are going to suffer. Then they have to wait for another. I prophesy that God is going to give you the strength, that God is going to give you the endurance, that God is going to give you the fortitude to go all the way with God. And I conclude with this. For 15 minutes, told you I'm not going to keep you long. Now, the presence of God is going to intensify. You see, because the making of who you are. I remember, this is so beautiful because our heritage is the same. The roots of where Pastor Marcus comes from and where I come from is the same. The Urban Christian Center. I grew up in that church. I was studying in that church. So the DNA and the roots is the same. Are you sharing me? So where we are going, it's safe. Because the foundation is right. Are you hearing me? Now, the 24th of December, Riyadh, Yaku, Chanel, 2001. I'm on the Greyhound bus from Durban and I'm coming to Secunda. And I hear the Lord speak to me, Pastor Roman. The Lord says to me, I'm going to take away everything from you. Know that I'm your father. I said, The devil is a liar. What word is this? I do not receive this word, no way. And I went and I enjoyed myself. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the family. And then I go back to Durban to finish off my studying. The first day I arrived, oh my God, in um, for my lectures, the dean of the college comes to me and says, I have the word of the Lord for you, son. Come here. So I go to him and he says, the Lord says, I'm going to take away everything from you, but know that I'm your father. I never ever wept so much in my life because I knew what was coming. I was like, God, I'm not ready for this pain. God, I'm not ready for this disappointment. God, I'm not ready for this rejection. God, no, how can you do this to me? And then all of a sudden, the international doors, not because of sin, started to close. Now I'm no longer traveling the world. Now God begins to deal with me. God begins to deal with who I am. God begins to deal. Do I place my identity in what I'm doing 
or is he my identity? Do you know that this season of my life lasted 16 years? Crashing, breaking, crashing, breaking, rejection. Listen, I was that guy that never got a prophetic word. The whole church would get a prophetic word. I would go up. I would wear pink. I would wear all kinds of colors. God, I need a word. And there was nothing. God, how can you do this to me? Did you forget me? And all of a sudden, the relationships that I held so dear to my heart, they left. The jobs, gone. And here I am. God, it's you. And it's me. And it's the, the place of service in the local church. See, whenever we believe that we are anointed and we have it, God plunges you back into darkness to develop you. Ask Moses. Moses, deliverer born to save a nation. What does his family do? Reject him. Go to Egypt, boy. To develop you. Because you cannot overtake a system if you don't understand the system. Hello. So submit. Learn what you got to learn because there's coming a moment of recognition and when the moment of recognition comes because when you read Matthew chapter 24 and you continue to read uh, 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 Matthew 25 and you read verse 14 uh, it says he gave talent he went away and then he came back what did he come back for? he came back to see what did you do with what I gave you if we are ready now to take that mountain, I'm not going to go there today, but we are talking about the making of a generation. And here I found myself broken, no doors, no preaching opportunities, broke. All I had was God. God began to teach me. God began to teach me. God began to teach me how to trust Him when there's nothing. God began to teach me how to affect a nation's economy. God began to teach me how to stand before Paul Clinton, how to stand before Chaluba, the Zambian president, and how to bring economic reform. A man that not so long ago was broken, that had nothing. Clinton, the former U.S. president. I had tea, coffee, cake in the Zambian president's house, sitting with him and conversing. A young man. I'm not the exception to the rule. If you allow God to work you, he will do it for you too. Because this is the making of God. His plan never changes. The making of God is for everybody. It's how much are you willing to submit? You see, because there are fathers that have paid the price and what you need is to go back and honor them. And uh, my God, this is why the Bible says, honor your mother and your... That your days maybe. Uh, that you only refer to your biological parents or that the Bible say father and mother. I wish I had time to teach you on the family construct that God is building in this hour because the wineskin has changed. It's no longer about the apostle, it's about his community. It's no longer about the pastor, it's about his community. That community embodies family. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, I conclude with the second kings and it's all going to make sense to you now. 2 Kings chapter 2, let's read from verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1. Are you with me? Are you following me? Watch this. Where the Bible says, Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah said, 
Oh my God. Oh, rather, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to Gilgal. Somebody say Gilgal. Where were they going? They were going somewhere. Are you with me? Yaakov, they were going somewhere. So be church, we are going somewhere. We didn't just one day decide we want to be B church. God had been working on the man of God for some time. He had to follow the honorable way of doing things for God to now come and bless his steps. What did Pastor Marcus do at the end of all the end of August, the end of August, I watched the service. He blessed. He blessed the movement of this man. It is blessed. He served. So that means what you are doing in this hour is bona fide. It's recognized by God. Why? Because he came in the steps of his father who called and placed his hand and anointed this man and said, now go and do what God has asked you to do. So he was going somewhere. But watch this. When you look at the word Gilgal, the word Gilgal primarily means circumcision. Circumcision now means proximity. In other words, you cannot circumcise anything if there's no proximity. If there's no proximity, the knife of circumcision becomes a javelin. What do I mean? How many of you know the accounts of David and King Saul? David and King Saul in the cave of Adullam. Saul now takes a javelin and tries to kill because there's no proximity. You see, it takes a father who has empathy, sympathy, and grace to deal with the darkness in your life. That's not afraid of your darkness. That's not afraid of your mess. Are you with me? Oh my God. So the place of Gilgal is a place of circumcision. Elijah is about to transcend. Elijah is about to go off the sea. Oh. And Elisha, the son, is following. Look what the Bible says. Let's carry on reading. I'm nearly done. I promise you it in a point in a minute. Yours is the name above all names. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. You have no rival. You have no evil. Now and forever, God, you reign. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever. One more time, you have. Get your way to place. Look at the Bible says, verse 2. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But look at what Elisha says. Yaku, I know it was hard for you to get to London. I know it costed you the moon and the stars, Chanel. But you know what? God saw that sacrifice. I know that the man of God told you to stay here. But there's a certain breed that God has been making that says, no matter where you go, I am going with you. I don't need an invitation. I'm there. Whether you want me to be there or not, because I need something from you. Because when you look at the word Bethel, 
the word Bethel means the house of God. And when you look at the first reference of Bethel, it's in the context of Jacob and God. What do you do when you don't have enough? What do you do when it's just you and God and God has called you to build a nation? What do you do? It takes a father to teach you how to access providence. It, te- it takes a father to teach you how to trust God when there's nobody. It takes a father to help you trust God when there's no one around you. And this was my making, guys. I'm not talking something I never walked. I lived in London and there was nobody. I had nobody to call to say, help me. I had no one to bail me out when there was nothing that I could grab together. But I had to learn from the fathers around me that said, young man, we're going to pray. Young man, I know I can give you the means, but I'm going to show you how to access God. I'm going to show you how to trust God. I'm going to show you how to depend on God. And I'm going to show you the value of the house of God. This is why when you look at Facebook and social media, they can just slice and dice the body of Christ and the church of Jesus Christ, forgetting that the church of Jesus Christ is actually the vehicle to advance the kingdom even though they want to advance the kingdom you cannot advance the kingdom outside of the local church so if you don't have a local church I want to encourage you come and be a part of this local church come and be a part of this local church and when I look at social media they're killing not physically killing but I call them keyboard ninjas they come and they assassinate people's characters and they despise the whole of fathers and yes we make mistakes yes we we did it wrong yes we missed the mark but like you and like me we we come before God we repent and in our repentance God he, he allows the grace of God to come and embody us so watch this that when we are slicing and dicing each other it's because a father hasn't taught you the value of the house of God because Elijah had to teach him how to trust God when it's just him and Elijah what do you do when division is so great over your marriage and it's just you and God what do you do when division is so great over your business and it's just you and God what do you do when, when your marriage seems like it's falling apart what do you do when the vision is so vast and it's just you and God I want to encourage you God's not forgotten you go all the way this too shall pass this too shall pass if it's passed for me it will pass for you seasons have to change seasons have to alter it's never midnight forever are you with me? nearly done of it more minutes then it says but Elijah said or rather verse 4 Elijah said to him Elisha stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho but he said surely as the Lord lives I will not leave you see the making of your gifting, the making. Now, when I refer to gifting, I'm not only referring to five four minutes, but please, I'm referring to your career. I'm referring to the thing that you're passionate about. The making of that thing is dependent on who you follow, who you're following. And Elijah says to Elijah, no way. Where you going, I'm going. Where you move, I'm moving. I'm not leaving you. I'm coming with you. But when you look at Jericho, Jericho is the first city in the promised land. Hello. So that means the provision, the manna from heaven stops. Now there's no more daily miracles. Now there's no more daily provision. That means now there's a maturity that's come. Because now I'm going to teach you how to steward the land. Why? Because the land is flowing with milk and honey. So that means now, if you are like me, man, I, I, I was envisioning <laughs> milk and honey in the streets. I was like, yo, Pastor Marcus, I was like, that's a bit sticky, right? That's going to attract flies. No, no, no. Milk? How do you get milk? Cows, goats, 
What do you do with them? You move them. So that requires working upon the land. So a farmer's going to teach you how to work the land. How do you get honey? You get honey from where? Beehives. A bee colony. And we cannot survive without bees. Because now they become the sustainability of the ecosystem. So I prophesy that man of God, your church, even as you call the bee church, that you will become the ecosystem of the body of Christ. Hello. Watch this. You are going to get stung when you harvest honey. It's going to sting a little bit. This is why John the Baptist was found eating locusts and what? Wild honey. So you got to eat the thing that wants to sting you. I prophesy that your spiritual immune system, you've been through this, you've been through that, you've built some fortitude. You, this is why Hebrews said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, let us I'm on closing number seven. So I need about eight, eight. Can I have five minutes of your time? Show by hands. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty. Does anyone have a pencil for me? I want to go to a close. Are you with me? Watch this. Verse six. Bring up Second Kings chapter two and verse six emphasis. I'm concluding with this. Then Elijah said, please stay here. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. Somebody said Jordan. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. Elijah said, as the Lord loves and as you love, I will not leave you. So the two of them went. I started off by saying that the kingdom of God is likened to a man going on a journey. We are going somewhere. We began to look at the extent of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. It's one of the same thing. We see the angels, uh, the vehicles of the kingdom in heaven. Then it translates to the kingdom in a garden. The king, the garden is the vehicle or the tool to advance the kingdom. And of course, we see throughout the dispensations, throughout the epochs of time, the kingdom advancing. And we see that we are always moving. Let me ask you a question. What is the origin of a river? The mountain. Where is the destination of that river? The sea. There must be a flow. Because anything that's stagnant attracts flies, attracts dead things. I prophesy your marriage will no longer be dead. I prophesy that your children and their careers will no longer die. I prophesy that your money and your financial status will turn from death to life. I prophesy that your relationship, the things that God connected together, that the enemy has called the divine. I prophesy reconciliation. I prophesy and declare help in your body. What the enemy has whatever the enemy has desires to kill in your body, I bring the life of God, the ruach of God, the Zoe kind of life. I speak it into your life. Son of man, can his bones live? I don't know God. Prophesy to the wind and call the wind to come. Now you must understand the nature of wind is to bring together, not only to bring together, but to also give you acceleration and advancement. I prophesy it over your movement, over your church, over whatever God has assigned to you. The thing that couldn't move before. I prophesy that movement coming to your prayer life. I declare that your prayer life will take the appetite that changes, the appetite that has the hunger 
hunger for God. The only way to access the supernatural in the way of the kingdom, the beatitude of Jesus, blessed are those who hunger and who dust off the righteousness. It is a righteous thing to desire movement. It's a righteous thing to acquire, uh, uh, to desire progression. Are you with me? So I prophesy that your hunger is going to get the attention of God. I prophesy that the hunger is going to get the attention of heaven. That when you begin to hunger after God again, He's going to do what He promised you to do. Are you with me? But let's look at Jordan. Jordan is a place of announcement, but it's also the place of crossover. Are you with me? Jesus comes to the Jordan and he meets a man by the name of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist sees him coming. And John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, whose shoes or sandals are not worthy of time. And Jesus submits to the baptism of John. And the Bible says, He dips him in the Jordan. But when you look at Joshua, and you study the crossing over of Joshua, the Bible says Joshua was to take a stone out of the Jordan. The Bible says of Jesus, the stone in which the builders have rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So what we are seeing is in the fulfillment of Jesus, Jesus is that stone that was taken out. So I prophesy that Jesus is in your crossover. I prophesy that Jesus is in your movement. I prophesy that Jesus is in your business. I declare that Jesus is in the thing that you want to build. The Bible says the heavens open up. The heavens open up. Hmm. This, and an announcement comes from the heavens. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him today. Up until that time, the voice of Jesus was silent. And the heavens for Elijah open up. And a whirlwind comes and takes up. Elijah and the mantle drops. So I declare that this house has entered into a season of Jordan. I prophesy Jordan over your marriage. I prophesy Jordan over every department in this place. I prophesy Jordan over your career. I prophesy Jordan. This is my beloved son. Stand with me. In whom I'm well pleased. Hear him today and after that we see the miracles the signs and the wonders that take place we see the miraculous unfold for jesus we see him walking in another level of power and another level of glory we see the same with elisha we see the miracles we see the signs and we see the wonders i prophesy that your appetite and your dna is for the miraculous you are forged in the fire there's nothing else that's gonna satisfy you not smoke not gimmicks but the glory I prophesy and I declare over this house that the glory of God will embody what you do. The glory of God will embody what you say. That God will back up what you do in this hour. But the key is to get back to the presence of God. You must get back to the glory like your life depends upon it. I am grateful. Look at me. Every time I come into the presence of God, I begin to weep again. You see, because I've learned, I don't want to be like King Saul that has made the kingdom of God about things. Look at the life of David. You see, David, he had, he suffered rejection his father when the prophet came to his house. Do you have any more sons his father forgot about David? Rejection. David now, when you look at his marriage, his marriage was in a mess. He had countless affairs. His children's lives were in a mess. But there's something potent about David versus Saul. Saul, when judgment came to his house, he said, God, don't take away the things from me. Don't 
take away the thing. David said you can have the thing, God. But whatever you do, whatever you do, God, don't take your presence away from me. And I find myself in this place, God. I'm not interested in things anymore. God, don't take your presence away from me. Because you know what will stop your building? It's the motive of your heart. It's the motive of your heart. There's a scripture that says, the man of God's heart was not perfect before God. God, I can't do this on my own. God, help me. Don't take your presence away from me. Renew a right spirit in me. I find myself in this place as a church we've been dealing with the sacred things of God and how the presence of God is sacred and I've got to be devoted to His presence. I've got to be devoted to my wife. I've got to be devoted to what He's called me to do. God, don't take your presence away from me. I was made for your glory. You see, because Jordan is an announcement of glory. And this church has come into Jordan. Pastor Tash, you've come into Jordan. And the heavens is announcing over this church. The heavens, in fact, I can see the heavens literally open. But will you follow? The question I'm posing to you today, will you follow? The glory of God is here. Just close your eyes. Don't worry about who's next to you. Lift up your hands. The encounter of God is here. Father, only you can do the impossible in the hearts of people. I can't do it. So God, I step aside and I ask that you be seen. I hide behind your cross that only Jesus be exalted in this moment. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website at bchurch.co.za. Reformed to function. Let's be church.